following program is brought to you by NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. This is the Smart Rural Communities Podcast, conversations with communities bringing high-speed internet to small-town America, enhancing quality of life, jump-starting economic growth, improving education, and keeping rural Americans healthy. Hello, everyone. This is a podcast about rural communities building a brighter future for small-town America and the people who make it happen. I'm Laura Withers. We launched this podcast in February with the intent to produce one episode per month. In early March, the world changed, and our focus shifted from telling stories about rural communities using technology to helping rural Americans get and stay online during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today's March 31st, and I'm speaking to you from my home office in Virginia. It's week three of social distancing, and like a lot of you, I'm missing my family, friends, and coworkers. Our hearts are heavy with the daily reminders that life is fragile, and we're also finding new reasons to be grateful for our health and the vital connections that we've made possible, of course, by high-speed broadband. As the pandemic started to unfold, NTCA encouraged our small broadband provider members to share what they're doing to help their communities stay online. And more than 200 of them have signed the FCC's Keep Americans Connected pledge, committing to not terminate service because of customers' inability to pay, to waive late fees, and to open Wi-Fi hotspots to any American who needs them. The stories coming out of this response are truly amazing, and we're going to share some of them with you in our next episode coming up in April. Today, we're talking about agriculture and to be more specific, precision agriculture supported by broadband, a topic that's hugely important right now as our country works to keep everyone healthy and fed. Some of you may have been in Phoenix for the 2020 Rural Telecom Industry Meeting and Expo, or our time as we call it. More than 2,000 people attended that conference in February, and it was a joyful, hectic, and energizing event. One of my very favorite moments was seeing Jason Smith, General Manager of Rainbow Communications in Everest, Kansas, and Jeremy Olson, a local farmer served by Rainbow, talk about precision agriculture during a panel on the expo floor. Jeremy and Jason discussed the critical role broadband plays in things like livestock monitoring. And just after their presentation, we helped people virtually step inside a farming operation in Kansas through a virtual reality video on Oculus headsets. NTCA PR manager Carolyn just caught up with Jason and Jeremy during an interview at our time. We checked in with Jason recently and he's doing well. He says he's working from home in his home office where every wall is painted purple for his favorite team, the Kansas State Wildcats. And he says he's been sticking to a normal routine and believes working from home is actually healthier for him as he's eating out less and sitting down for dinner with his family every night. Here's Carolyn. When you hear the word farm, it might conjure an image of a big red barn with a few cows grazing outside and a cornfield on the horizon. But the farms of today are not what they once were. Farming in America today is a complex and sophisticated operation that requires a robust broadband network to power everything from drones, live feed surveillance technology for livestock, real-time updates to the ag markets across the country, and so much more. Providing a robust connection to the farmers in his network is a key priority for Jason Smith and Rainbow Communications. We, We were located in Northeast Kansas, we serve about 495 square miles, and we're 100% fiber to the premise. So we, we have fiber to every location within that. We serve approximately 1,500 locations in our service area, 
And, uh, you know, agriculture was probably one of the biggest industries we have in our, in our area. In fact, if you, uh, a lot of times in, um, in, in telecom and we talk about our service areas, we talk about square miles and number of customers per square mile. But, you know, when you really break it down, and if we wanted to look at it from an ag standpoint, we actually serve uh, 316,000 acres. And uh, that's uh, an 80 per- 80% of its farm ground. And so in that in our serving area, and and of that, 80 percent, 179,000 of it's in cropland. So agriculture is a is a, you know a big part of our economy in our area, and uh, in getting the broadband out so it can be used uh, to help in precision agriculture efforts, you know, is really big to us. As farmers turn more toward precision agriculture, a robust broadband connection from their network provider is key. Why? Because as Jason explains. Farming is just not that simple. Uh, I grew up on a farm. My, my parents farmed, my grandparents farmed. I didn't choose that route. But I think about what the technology was then and, and now what it is. Um, you know, it's not simple. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, very technical. Uh, the, the amount of time it takes for a, a farmer to get even ready to go to the field is incredible. The, the monitors, the systems, I mean, you know, there's some that think it's just dig a hole, drop a seed, put dirt on it, cover the water, and you'll grow corn. Well, I tell you, if it was that easy, and I'd, I'd have a bumper crop garden every year. It doesn't happen that way. The, you know, when I sit back and I, and I watch what's going on in our community, it's just, it's amazing to see where the technology is, is going and then where it's going to go. I don't know that answer, but, you know, they're, they're, just to see the, the trends and the changes in the last 20 years, it's not going to stop. Uh, you know, food production's got to continue, and you know the way they're they're going to make it is becoming more efficient, and that efficiency is going to come through technology. An investment in technology is a critical factor of growth for a community. That investment from Rainbow Communications is what makes Everest, Kansas, a smart rural community. Jason explains what that means. I think about being a smart rural community member and what that means to our area. Uh, when I think about that, I know we, we think about the, what makes pillars in our communities. And, and, you know, we talk about education, and we talk about the finance, and we talk about the government, we talk about the agriculture. To me, being a smart rural community member or being a smart rural community means that we're the technology leader. That's what we bring to our area. So as things are happening in our area, we've got to be involved because how do we bring broadband and technology and bring that expertise and the relationships that we have to, to provide solutions to bridge that gap in our areas? I think it's very critical. You know, we've worked with our schools, uh, you know, setting up Wi-Fi systems, uh, you know, getting them the gigabit service. Uh, we, have a, we have a community college that we now serve. Uh, you know, it, it blows me away, but they've started a, a reality gaming team. And, you know, who had ever thought that? I don't know how the tickets sell for it, but hey, you know, uh, they have it and it's, it's growing like crazy. So, uh, you know, but being there and be able to provide them the service so they can do what they need to do to thrive in our rural communities and actually, you know, have something that's there that they can thrive. They can do their job there. They can live there if they want, you know, raise their family and be part of that community. And so I think we're a vital part of making that happen. When the community thrives, it grows. Many rural communities in the last few decades experienced what some call a brain drain. When younger populations left their rural hometowns for the city or college and then never returned. 
But with a high-speed broadband network that connects young people just the same as in urban areas, Jason sees a shift in his smart rural community, especially among its farmers. I'm definitely seeing a younger crop of farmers coming back. Um, yeah, I think we went through some times through the 80s and 90s, and, you know, um, where you know we had consolidation of farms and farms got bigger. But I think some of that's kind of leveled out, and you know, and now we're seeing the next generation need to come along and, and take those operations over, and they're, they're coming in with, they're coming in different too. I mean. These guys are coming back from college with ag degrees, and we got agronomists. We've got we got people come back with ag business degrees, animal science degrees. Um, you know, we we're blessed in the state. Uh, you know, we have a land grant university that has a, a great ag program. Has one of the only milling science um, colleges within or uh, schools within in the United States. You know, and so. Yes, we're seeing we're seeing those guys come back and, and run these operations and they're accustomed to technology and they're implementing it and they're using it in their decisions. So it's uh, that's what I'm seeing. It, it's definitely been a, a just a, a change and I guess a natural change, I would say more than anything. We meet one of those farmers now. Jeremy Olson is an agronomist at Peterson Seed and Service, and he tells us about his business in Hiawatha, Kansas. We farm uh, corn, soybeans, and, and some livestock. We have around 500 acres of corn, 500 of soybeans, and, and then also some pasture land for our cows. Um, and then along those lines, I'm also a certified crop advisor uh, or an agronomist for Peterson Seed and Service, and we manage and advise around 100,000 acres in, in northeast Kansas, southeast Nebraska. So I've, I've kind of got the perspective from from both being a being a producer, and um, and and also from the crop advisor agronomist side, the business is a complex operation and requires a robust network to facilitate many of its transactions. Jeremy explains. I think to me, there's four different things that I, I guess come to mind um, on on what we do. The first thing is the the marketing side. We, um, it's a great way to keep up with live markets and, you know, wh whether that be with the Chicago Board of Trade, um, it's, it's a great way also to find new markets as, as, as well as things go here in the future. Um, and then the second thing to me is also the weather. So we have, um, in our area, we're fortunate enough, we have uh, weather stations scattered around about every five miles in our territory. So. So we can use some of those things to help us make decisions, you know, whether that be with, you know, fertilizer efficiencies um, to help us improve productivity and efficiencies uh, that help us with fertilizer use. I guess the third thing that comes to mind is also uh, sensors. So that's been mentioned a lot in the ag, ag industry. Uh, we're fortunate enough that, that we have this high-tech precision ag that we can have real imagery on all of our fields and view those changes within the field. So um, I, I think it's just great that we have that and the ability to log in at our office or our home to view all of those changes and, and make those recommendations. From my standpoint as an agronomist, that's, that's uh, a very good thing that we have in our back pocket. Um, and I guess the last thing is is the equipment side of it and also tie-in software. So all of our software that we use um, currently is a cloud-based system. So what that means is 
uh, it, the data is not stored on the hard drive. So it, it's stored up in a cloud that we need very high internet capabilities that, um, that will process a lot of this data. And I just got an example. We have, if there's a huge difference between 25 megabyte internet and 250 megabyte internet. <laughs> and, and the ability for our softwares to run off of those is gonna be huge in, in the future. And with the rural smart farm system, um, I think this is big moving forward. And then the future is bright because right now we're just, um, you know, we're monitoring our tractors, our planters, our, our, our combines. I, I think in the next 10 years, we're gonna be able to control them from even the office, um, at our house, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, Jason mentioned even the, the Wi-Fi systems that, you know, Rainbow offers. Um, I, I think that's going to be big in terms of the, the future. The role technology plays in precision agriculture is expected to grow exponentially in the future, but it already creates efficiencies for farmers now. To me, it's all about the savings of, you know, fertilizers and nutrients over time based upon a plant to plant out in the field. So like 20 years ago, we talked about, you know, our whole field. So what did that whole field make? Now we're down to talking about individual plants and individual grids within that field. So, so we can manage every land change separately over time. And um, I think that's huge. And um, the ability to save and be more efficient with our fertilizers, and uh, that's, that's big in the agriculture industry. And being a certified crop advisor, the ability to monitor my customers' planters, combines, and you know, fertilizer spreaders from the office is just incredible. To be able to do that and, and have the ability real time to see that and make adjustments as we go through the year and also the ability to send prescription maps to them directly from my office or my house. It, it's incredible um, to, to be able to uh, do that. As precision agriculture technologies multiply, trends in farming will change. Jeremy speaks to the changes he foresees in the industry. I think it goes back to the average age of the farmer now is 63 or 4 years old so there there has to be a shift to a you know a younger generation to be able to understand all of this information and be able to process it and 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 understand it and apply it even cuz I, I mean it's you know it's one thing to look at the data but it's another thing to actually implement it in your operation somehow and i think the other thing is to be connected with a you know, trusted advisor, a certified crop advisor, someone that is going to help you make a decision in looking at that and also partner with some of our manufacturing companies like, like John Deere to be able to, um, you know, be able to work with them from the machinery side and diagnose problems in the field and, uh, you know, from, from their office. I, I think that's huge to, to be able to not necessarily just send a guy out automatically to do that, to be able to kind of fine tune it and see what the problem is, you know, right there on the spot. These changes in rural America require a younger generation to return to their roots and take up the mantle. Jeremy thinks the Smart Rural Community brand can help facilitate a brain gain. I think seeing that in, in our community, 
would incentivize someone to come back and and be interested in that because one thing i mean we don't just have five megabyte internet now i mean jason mentioned we we can go up to one gigabyte internet to control all of these applications i think that that moving forward would would incentivize someone to be able to do that and i you know the smart rural ag program is is great for our our community and moving forward uh, is going to be a very good brand in our conversation we talked a lot about the future we discussed new technologies and the need for young farmers to take up the mantle for the new generation but jason shares a final story to remind us that this technology truly is for everyone one of our board members uh, was a you know 85 year old man and and i had the pleasure of spending some time with him last summer and we were on a drive back and i got so tickled at him on the way home um, you know, we, we hear a lot of times that, uh, you know, our elderly can't adapt to the technology. And I said, no, they just haven't been taught. And, and uh, as I watched him as we're driving back, he's the man's on his iPhone. He's checking the ag markets. You know, he is using those apps. He's texting with his wife. And I'm going, that's all right. I, I hope I'm that guy when I'm 85. What a fascinating conversation about the future of farming and how critical it is to have a robust broadband network as a farmer. And what a positive outlook from Jeremy on the future of young people living in a smart rural community in Kansas. Thank you for sharing this with us and thanks to our listeners as well. Don't forget to tune in next month for some stories about how rural Americans are faring in the wake of coronavirus. And now you can find the Smart Rural Communities podcast in the Apple and Google stores and on Spotify. Subscribe today to be updated on future episodes. As always, if you're interested to know more about the Smart Rural Communities program, visit ntca.org smart. Until next time, I'm Laura Withers.